This episode is sponsored by Horizon Capital, an M&A and micro-private equity firm that acquires and grows SaaS companies. Horizon Capital only works with SaaS companies generating between 500K and 5 million in annual recurring revenue, where they help them unlock the true value of their business and scale to the next level. Whether you're ready to move on to your next startup or want to work with the right growth partner, Horizon's team will work with you to find the best structure possible. From M&A strategy to capital investments, SaaS is all they do. Simple as that. If you're a SaaS founder with less than $5 million in annual recurring revenue and are looking to sell your business, visit horizoncapital.com today and get a free valuation. If you'd like to sponsor the SaaS District podcast or recommend any guests that you think would be valuable to be on the show, visit horizoncapital.com slash SaaS podcast today. Thanks again, folks. Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District. On today's episode, we'll be talking about building a leading e-commerce marketplace, new growth initiatives, and tech innovation in Latin America. Today, we have our special guest, Nestor de Aro, joining us. Nestor is an engineer, an entrepreneur, and founder of Mi Refaccion. It's a high-tech startup focused on connecting the user with more than 200 brands and companies with their inventory. Prior to Mi Refaction, he was involved in the aftermarket retailer industry for many years as the general manager, uh, where he identified a clear problem in the market and that was lacking in the industry, which we'll talk about today. He's been awarded the E100 Mexico West Entrepreneurship in 2012, and he has been involved in several international competitions, including a mass challenge bootcamp, which helps them expand into the US and Canadian market. So yeah. welcome, Nestor. Glad to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for an invitation. It's awesome. a pleasure. Yeah, I love uh, having people in person. This is a lot more entertaining for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so good that you have the mask. Stay protected. Uh, people listening in, yeah. what's your personal background? What's your area of expertise? And how did yeah. you end up in, uh, from an engineer to an entrepreneur? Definitely. Uh, when I when I started this company, it, it was because the reason I, I have experience in, in the aftermarket uh, auto parts industry. Mm -hmm. For example, I started working with my dad when I was 14, 13 years old, and I was part of the selling process of the aftermarket auto parts industry. When I was in this specific company in that time, we had to sell auto parts using print catalogs. <laughs> and I remember so uh, clearly about one specific US market when I was there they were transitioned from print catalogs to the online catalogs. Okay. So for me, it was super interesting because in that specific time when someone arrived to the retailer and was to uh, buy a specific product, we had to go to the print catalogs. They have like a two gigantic print catalog, 1,000 pages for each one. So we have to find the auto parts is specific for the car. And when we find the auto part, we had to go to the, another catalog to identify the image because in the aftermarket and the, and the automobile industry is so huge. People, they didn't know how big is this industry. So we are talking about million different auto parts. Mm -hmm. So you, you're going to have this information in the print catalog. So they, this specific U.S. company had the decision to not making more print catalogs and go directly to the online world. So I was, I was thinking, okay, 
if this specific company is moving to this specific area is because of one reason. So after years of experience, I identified that this huge uh, problem that I have when I was selling auto parts, mm-hmm. th- there's thousands or millions of people have this specific struggle. Mm-hmm. In that time, I didn't have to figure out how big is the market and how interesting is this specific need. So when I was studying in, in college, uh, I'm an industrial engineer, uh, I have a co-founder. Well, this person died in 2018, like three years ago. Oh. Um, yeah, in December in December or 2017, uh, but I, when we started this company, we were like um, friends from since we we were we were six years old, and and I love the way he work he worked. I love the passion that they put in 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 his work. So I talk with him and say, "Hey, I have identified this problem. I think we could create a search engine technology." and go to another retailers in Mexico and sell this specific technology so we can create a company. And what that's one of the, the, the lessons that I learned that we have the right product, but we have the wrong customer mm. because the retailers, they didn't go, they didn't want to pay for technology, but they mentioned something that was super interesting. They say, I love the product, but I, I, I don't want to pay it. So we go to the suppliers of these companies and say, okay, these retailers want our technology. You are supplier to them, provide this technology to them so you can sell more products to this specific market. Mm. Um, we have two or three different clients, customers, sorry. And in the beginning, we took one full year without selling any license or any related with the aftermarket uh, industry. So we didn't have money in that time because in the, you know, right now you have these competitions that you receive 5,000 US dollars. You go to the page, create an MVP in that specific time you didn't have that. So we have to build products from other markets, you know, like uh, creating a software products charging this money and we invest this money for, you know, continue uh, capitalizing rigs. So when we have these specific customers, we start obtaining money and then we uh, identified that in that specific time, the major manufacturers and major wholesalers, which buy huge amount of product from these manufacturers because the industry has five different and major um, customer segments. Mm -hmm. The manufacturers producing large volume, the wholesaler uh, have different warehouses in different parts of the country because if the manufacturer has one factory in Mexico or China or any other part of the world, and the wholesaler distribute in small parts to the retailers, which are distributed in all the parts of the country. And these retailers go to the mechanic shop. Mm. And the mechanic shop sell the uh, auto parts and the and the and the cost of changing the auto part to the car owner. But uh, in the e-commerce world, everything changed. Mm. You can have right now a manufacturer selling directly to the car owner, and we start identify that it was a potential problem growing five years ago, which is what the car owner want to fix the car, but they need 
to go to buy in the auto parts by themselves because they don't trust the mechanics. Mm. Because the mechanics say, okay, I want to charge you 3,000 Mexican pesos. And when the car owners know about the how much it costs to the mechanic shop, which is like a 1,000, mm. uh, 1,500, these car owners say, I feel ripped, you know? Exactly. I, I, I feel, you know, when someone robbed you. So the car owners start uh, changing the way they are purchasing auto parts. So they start involving in the process of uh, fixing their car because they want to buy the auto part in the cheapest way and, and a good brand and quality. And they go to the mechanic and just uh, ask how much it's going to cost for the or hand labor. Right. Yeah. And so we saw that uh, five years uh, ago and we start working in creating a Mirrefaction, which is today one of the largest uh, e-commerce for auto parts industry in Latin world. Wow. Uh, our market is 100% focused in Mexico. We, we export auto parts to 22 different countries in the world. But uh, the thing that we face and the struggle is when someone is involved in the buying the auto parts for the cars, they will know how difficult it is to find the right part for the right product. Mm -hmm. Because right now, just the OEM dealers know how this exact, exact part, because when they have the BIN number, which is the, the, or the identification number, uh, they can find the exact part. Right. But uh, the reason the people is not buying from the OEM dealers is so costly. Mm -hmm. So you can buy a shock absorber three times the cost if you buy in the aftermarket world. So in the aftermarket world, we didn't have this technology because the OEM dealers keep in themselves because if they, they provide this technology to the market, they are not going to have a competitive advantage. So mm. the aftermarket world has like a, this reverse engineer a process that the manufacturers from this aftermarket needs to find the compatibility. So sometimes these manufacturers have the information wrong. So if they have the information grow, all the supply chains has an issue. Right. So we are part of this specific problem and we build a technology that simplifies and synthesize the way people find and buy the auto parts in the, in the cell phone and the computer. So we are working on that specific love it, problem. Love it. So first of all, you know, I just want to say sorry about your, your friend and your co-founder and may he rest ah, in peace. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, you know, you guys built this, this together um, you know, first year, you guys didn't make any sales. Where were you yeah. guys monetizing? Did you guys raise money at some point? Uh, if so, you know, how, how are you putting this together from, yeah, from that building? Was it you building it? Did you build the team or was it just you and your co-founder? Uh, my co-founder and I, we, we were spent uh, three years in the, we have eight years old as a company. Mm -hmm. in the first three years, we were just here, here I uh, mean, uh, we were in the first year, we, we wouldn't sell nothing. So we create some products to sell to other people. They are not related to the aftermarket or any auto parts uh, world. We were, you know, creating a web page for someone who is going to sell in that time, uh, you know, scarf, something like that, just to charge money and then we invest. But uh, this specific path, path is, is, is risky because you are not focusing your product 100%. Right. After that, we received the first uh, three customers. We received um, a license, so they paid okay. money. So we could... Uh, you know, cover our expenses. And then after that, when we start growing, uh, Mirrefaction, we receive investment from uh, angel investors. Okay. Uh, and we, when we provide this angel investor money, we start working, the, the growing the team. But uh, the 
the reality was in 2019, we have a specific struggle in the company. We were, we made a lot of mistakes, a rookie mistakes as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, and we didn't receive more investment from the, the, the investors. So we had to make hard decisions. So in the first in the first three years was just Jorge and me. Julio, which is a per, uh, uh, right now is in the company, he's been with us like more than four years, and he lived you know, the process to have not money at all, to have money from the investors, to not uh, have money again, and we had to rebuild the team. Because in 2018, we have a lot of engineers. The engineers are costly. Mm-hmm. So we have to, you know, reveal the team. So we have to go to the, to the grounds, fix huge issues that we have, issues that we have in that specific time. Mm-hmm. And then we start growing again. Yeah. So the... How much did you guys raise on the angel round? Uh, 475000 U.S. dollars. Okay. Different... Um, I think, but I think the U.S. market and the Canadian market say 450,000. There is a lot of money because you see, uh, for example, in the news from the mm-hmm. U.S. world and the Canadian world that some companies in the seed round uh, raised two million dollars just for capitalize and grow in the product. But right. the thing is, in Mexico, we didn't have these expensive salaries and we didn't have this expensive, mm. you know, infrastructure for offices. But the thing is we have the other, the counterpart, the the people who is involved in this market, we are not experts. Mm. We are learning how to create e-commerce companies. For example, in Guadalajara, I just, have, I just know that there's two other Companies focus in the auto, the auto industry, in the e-commerce for the auto industry. Just two companies mm. in this city. So it's a huge. We are field. the <laughs> second largest city in Mexico, and the Mexico City there is a, a small ones. Mm. So there is another competitor in other parts of the of the country, which also is is growing, and and the conclusion to that is. We are not having this uh, team of experts to know how to create this, mm. uh, you know, um, high growth exponential uh, uh, techniques mm-hmm. because we are learning how to do that. Right. Because the, the small companies could not afford to buy these expensive salaries. Right. So we are hiring people with 50 50 um, uh, you know experience and then we start you know, teaching them, yeah. teach <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. and also we are we are teaching ourselves because there is no there's no CEOs that said okay I was CEO confounder for this 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 right we didn't have a lot of acquisitions right there is a small amount of acquisition so right now for these specific entrepreneurs high tech uh, um market, we are working to create a successful story so there is other people involved in other markets could be involved in, in this market. I want to, I want to profound that a specific idea. Right now we have engineers, yeah. super, uh, super smart, capable, but right now they are working for US and Canadian companies and European companies because they pay to this specific uh, pers- uh, people, 80,000, 100,000 Mexican monthly pesos. We cannot afford that. Right. So we are working in to create a successful story 
for these acquisitions that make people that had nothing to be a millionaire. So when we have these specific stories, other part of the industry will say, okay, there is opportunity there. Mm. I could be working here for, I don't know, maybe five years and I could make five million Mexican pesos. But if we have a successful, uh, you know, exit, this person could obtain it in one year. I don't know. These stories we didn't have in our Mexican market, right. but I, we are working to have this successful, uh, I uh, you know, stories of how these exits. Right. You know? So there's still a lot of emerging kind of excitement and we're still in the early stages, right? Before yeah, we start we, seeing that. Yeah, definitely. What, what else are you seeing in the, in the LATAM market specifically like challenges? So you mentioned, you know, keeping teams, you know, high quality yeah. engineers, um, you know, you're still learning from the experience. There's still a lack of education from, you know, the online world and people wanting to do things in person. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else is are challenges you see with, you know, the online space and, and with Latin, with Latin and people wanting to build companies here? Definitely. Uh, one of the main challenges that I see, we are as a society, complete society, um, involved and participate in the new experiences. Uh, and the reason for that is, in Latin, in Mexico, we are one of the largest fraudulent countries for e-commerce in the world. Okay. And that made that the people see a super interesting solution, but they are not putting the money in this specific company because they are afraid to be fraudulent. So we, we <laughs> when we as entrepreneurs reading this specific literature from Europeans, American entrepreneurs, success stories, we try to use that techniques and activities for marketing to our Mexican Latin market and they didn't work 100% because it's so different. Mm. For example, in Latin and Mexico, if you are an e-commerce, you have to have a physical presence mm. because people want to see you when they want to uh, purchase something that are expensive. Right now, for me, Mercado Libre is convert is making the people save when buying online. Mm -hmm. So when someone wants to purchase something for fifty thousand, ten thousand, they can buy in, in Mercado Libre without hesitating. But if they want to purchase outside, you have to obtain, you know, or, or win the respect of the people to do that. So they are going to our social networks. They make a research about our physical presence. For example, we have a struggle because our office started four years ago in a, in, a, in a house. We are not a major wholesaler like AutoZone with a lot of products there. We didn't have inventory. All mm -hmm. the inventory that we have is inventory for other suppliers. We are building a technology that are connecting with the uh, with the information of inventory from these specific uh, ret the retailers, but uh, the, or, or customers, they didn't know about it. Mm. So they, when we, when they see our, our website with videos of products, they think that we have it in stock, all the products there. So they, when they arrive to our office, they say, ah, I thought that you were a major company. And say, hey, I'm a major <laughs> company. I've, I work as a major company, but the reason is we didn't have this huge stock, huge inventory. So as a Latam companies, we have to struggle with that. Hmm. Also, we have a lack of supply chain infrastructure. Right. In Mexico, 
we have a hundred or thousand of small cities that they have these rural roads. So when people is buying from that specific uh, parts of the Mexico, they took one, two, three, four weeks to arrive the product. Mm. And if the product, they didn't fit to the car, they take another four weeks to <laughs> arrive to us, another four weeks to send to them. Interesting. So it's it's a major, major, major challenge because in the developed countries, you have a nice road, you have a, a lot of, uh, you know, mm. specific points. They maybe it take one to five days to to go to any part of the United States or Canada or Europe, but mm. in Mexico, not. We have the, and a lot of time, I don't know, because yeah. I, we we were not working there, but I definitely know that they mm. have similar problems that we have. That's an interesting point. So if somebody's looking to get into Mexico and maybe build a business, like having that physical presence here, you know, it seems like you need that to build that trust. Even if you're selling online, they want to come and see you and make sure you're, you're actually a real company, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, for example, one of the, uh, just to, to yeah. finish that specific idea, sure. we have built uh, our, our own um, YouTube channel. Okay. And for example, Julio is creating videos about uh, recommendations about auto parts and other other. Uh, recommendations to fit your car. And that's another strategy that we are building to create a humanitized way of, uh, humanitized way from uh, represent mirrefaction because we are a face, human face, exactly. part of the, of the mirrefaction. Right. Because when, for example, you read something about literature, US market, uh, they, they, um, they, the author say, hey, you just have to create a good, Beautiful website. It's part of it, but in Mexico, they they didn't warranty 100%. You need a face behind it. Yeah, you didn't have yeah. a face yeah. behind it. So another another main challenge in the e-commerce is like you know finding the right product to sell. Yeah, and then you know having reliable suppliers. I think you know you have the infrastructure. You're talking about the supply chain, but Definitely. you know the more people are looking to start their e-commerce, right? Yeah. People, like it, it's a it's a huge market. You said there's there's not that much competition out there. Uh, the process to launch an e-commerce store, I guess, is getting easier and easier, right? Yeah. You, you know, excluding the logistics, it can be done in days, right? If you have the right product. Yeah. How do you find the right product for the market and, and you know, the right, how did you build those relationships with those suppliers and, and make sure now, how do you, how do you keep that? Yeah, you're, you're working with 200 different ones, right? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, the market talks to you in the way they are searching and buying the products. For example, we, we have these 2 million different auto parts but uh, for example, we didn't receive a lot of orders for the engine parts, you know, the 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 the, uh, the gaskets, mm. the oil piston rings, the pistons. We didn't have a lot of orders there because they are super specialized. So there's super specialized technicians that buy the products and they didn't buy online. Mm. But uh, our main market is is uh, car owners. And, and they know and they hear and they feel the car when they have a problem with the shock absorbers, mm-hmm. with the brake pads. For example, in Mexico, we have an awful roads. So it's a market for the suspension part of the car because they are broken. Because We have a lot of bumpers. We have a lot of, of holes. <laughs> so the shock absorbers are, are the most sellable products in our in our company since two years old to today. Every month, the most sellable uh, auto, uh, type of auto part in the company. 
and because the car owner know when this specific uh, part are broken, right. they are they go to par the buy the auto part and go to the mechanic to mm. change it. Mm-hmm. Right now in this year, we are well, we start the the uh, last year, but we are more mature this year to create a full experience. We are going to launch in here in Guadalajara a mechanic shop just focusing on four major changes. Shock absorbers, brake pads, oil changes, and a full, you know, changing the oil filter mm-hmm. and all these things. And maybe changing tires. We are not going to sell in tires. We are just going just to partnership with uh, e-commerce companies that are selling uh, tires and, and say, hey, you, if you want to send your customer here, we are changing tires because we see an opportunity to create a relationship in the future, selling auto parts, selling shock absorbers. That's the reason we are going to do that. Mm-hmm. And we are going to launch this specific mechanic shop because we we were creating multiple um, strategies and the most successful ones was selling the auto parts and offer you the ch- the the, the f- uh, replacement for these products. We have one uh, mechanic uh, mm. which is partnered with us. We we um, recently we talked with another uh, young mechanics to also join in this specific venture. And the output of these strategies will be: if you want to change your shock service, come at us. We sell you the auto parts, and also we offer you the service. The, the service of changing. So there is no retailers offering you the change. That's right. Most of the time is the mechanic shop offer you the service and also the part. Mm-hmm. So we are taking advantage the bad reputation that the mechanic shops <laughs> has. Mm. So we are seeing different because we are a retailer that offer you the installation. It's mm. completely different. So you're going to be basically like an online mechanic in a way, right? I come to you, you're going to get the parts and I'm going to get a, you know, without being fraud, frauded on price and I'm not, and I'm going to get actually reliable. Yes, uh, that's right. Nice. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another problem I think is like customer attraction in, you know, specifically in the e-commerce space, yeah. right? Retailers must figure out like their audiences and how to attract them without killing their marketing budget, right? Which you, you kind of have to deal with. Yeah. Um, how are you guys attracting your, your guys' ideal clients that you want to work with? What, what's working for you guys? Definitely. 90% if, uh, is organic search. Organic? Yeah, it's organic and Google. And we have built a technology that um, built thousands of different uh, pages. Mm-hmm. So for example, you would you type in Google um, breakpad for Centra 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of competition there, but uh, we are creating a page trying to obtain your, you know, to our attention here. So mm-hmm. uh, we see a benefit because Mirafaction has thousands of the um, searches in Google mm-hmm. as a brand. So it's a, it's a, it's an advantage for us because they are seeing, they are searching our, our company. Right. But the people, they are not, um, know about us. They found us about this specific auto part oh. um, hmm. for their car. And we are building a specific landing page for, for them. Yeah, shock absorber for Central 2018. Wow. Yeah. And the reason we are offering the, the installation is because in... The retailers know that the e-commerce is growing, mm. so they are going to move, right? Right. Um, 
Mercado Libre is the major uh, seller for auto parts in, in the in Mexico market, in the, in the e-commerce part. And they are offering the... So if you sell in the auto part, just the auto part, there are 10 to 20 different retailers there. And most of the time we are... Um, and, you know, competing at the price. Mm. But if you offer in the service, right. you are completely distanced from these guys. So, so you're, you're basically trying to have an all-in-one solution. So that was a question I have is around, you know, loyalty in this space, right? People yeah. are, I seem feel like it's hard. You can attract them, they'll buy the part once, but I don't think they're loyal to you and your brand. Like if somebody else comes for a dollar cheaper, I'm sure they're going to move to them. Definitely. What do you do to keep them for, you know, become loyal you know, users to to your brand and increase your lifetime value, the the car value. Yeah. What what are you doing? Other, you know, so one you mentioned is the the mechanic. Is there anything else you guys are? Yeah, I, do? I think that the the, um, the trust is you cannot me- measure trust. But, yeah, uh, we have tracked that we see people uh, customers making a purchase one time every six or one year mm-hmm. uh, because when you have a Car problem. Five years, six years? Uh, uh, one year. One year, okay. Yeah, for example, you have a, a problem with your car today yep. for brake pads, uh-huh. and maybe you need to change your shock absorber so you are planning to make it in one year. Okay. If, if there is no uh, accident happening. Um, but are there, the, 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 the things that you mentioned is 100% sure. If you're selling your, just the auto part, mm-hmm. uh, the trust and the loyalty is related to the brand of the auto part mm-hmm. but not the not the person who is selling the part exactly that's that's the problem because for example you are familiar with monroe for example yeah uh, for example uh you are loyal to monroe exactly the brand but, uh, the yeah. person who is selling to you monroe could be changed without problem because ah this guy offer you one thousand mexican pesos this guy one, 100, 2000, one, one, 1,200 Mexican pesos, so 200 difference. So yeah. you are going to the cheapest one if you don't have a reliability. Uh, one of the things that are, people is, is uh, having a good experience with us, warranties, mm. um, monthly installments, maybe in United States, Canada, you are not aware of, but in Mexico, you need to sell it with monthly installments if you want to sell products expensive and that's the reason we are because in the beginning we were thinking to have a partnership with different mechanics Mm -hmm. and we selling the auto parts and sending to them but at the struggle that we find with these specific uh, mechanics they are they are working to steal our customers Mm. because when our customers arrive in our mechanic in, in our office in, in, in their mechanic shop, they ask the customer, how much do you pay for these shock absorbers? I don't know, 2,000 Mexican pesos. Okay, return to them. I want to send to you by 1,500. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, They're or, undercutting you. <laughs> or if they, they, they didn't want to sell you the other part, they say, okay, we review your car and you have this least amount of things that you need to change. It's going to, change, it's going to charge you Ten thousand Mexican pesos, but so the the, the customer feel, uh, you know, rough. Mm. So we decide that we need to control that part. Mm. We need to create the same ph- philosophy that we are selling auto parts with transparency, with with reliability, with fast uh, uh, auto parts, as, um, you know, shipping. Mm-hmm. 
uh, moving to the to the installation part. Got it. But uh, we have a uh, there's a huge uh, that's challenge. A good, that's there. a big challenge, yeah. Yeah, because you have a cap capability, time capability. So you if you want to change six cars in the day, you have to have two mechanics. But uh, you are selling just six different auto parts. It's easy because right. it's uh, we are we have making a. A well, lot how do you, how do you scale that as well, right? I mean, you'll have to do it in every yeah. single city, or yeah. what? like, no. where do you start here? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't have the right answer. But for me, in the future, we'll be creating a, a, like a, a recipe mm. and affiliate mechanic shops mm. using our methodology, mm. and they're going to receive traffic of, of exactly. cars. Yeah. But we are going to, you know, measure mm, them. Make sure the, the yeah. quality is up to the your quality, yeah, yeah. the services. Nice. So that's the way I see like a huge scalability. Makes sense. Um, and the, I think you also have something called Mira Fraction Academy. How Academy, what you, what, yeah. was that your YouTube channel? Is that something different? It, it's, it's the the in YouTube we have different uh like like um topics. Mira Fraction Academy mm -hmm. is uh the thing that a Julius is creating these these uh, videos mm -hmm. and like an academy um, mentioned to you there what is the right part for your car what is the right spark plug what is the right filter what is the right oil and we are building this uh, information to video mm -hmm. so you can be easily to you as a no tech no expertise relating the auto parts industry mm -hmm. know how to select the best thing so we are working on that Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so another challenge in the e-commerce space, right, is like you're in a good spot. You guys are growing pretty quickly on the revenue top line basis. But, you know, I think compared to a SaaS company where a lot of our founders are, or audiences listening in, yeah. you know, your cost is not going into inventory or product or you're not worried about that. You're, you know, if you want to grow, you're putting into marketing or you're hiring developers. But as you scale, there's no incremental cost you have to reinvest in. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, you, you know, the e-commerce business specifically, it's very high cash intensive, which some you know reason a lot of people shy away from it. You know, how do you look to kind of achieve kind of that long-term, you know, profitability, and, and how do you, how do you look at that? Yeah, I think uh, the the recipe for success in this market is have the loyalty with the car owner, mm. and and it, it had to be related with the trust that this person has in your service. Mm. Um, so for me, it's um, definitely, you can, you can expand 100 Mexican pesos to, for a CAC to attract one customer. It's going to be, uh, reliable if you're selling 10,000 Mexican pesos, uh, um, order for, for, uh, uh, shock absorbers because the average, uh, amount of, uh, the average order in our, in our, uh, companies, 1500 Mexican pesos. Okay. So a person who is buying an air filter, which costs 100 pesos, but uh, there's people buying 7,000 uh, 7, Mexican pesos for a distribution kit. Mm. So uh, the way we build our product is the service that we are offering to the customer. So for example, we have one customer, uh, and I, I mentioned this, this person because we are communicating the, the, the success of the change in the auto part because this person has an Uber, mm -hmm. arrived to us from a recommendation from someone we fix uh, their car from the brake pads. Okay. 
And this person, every 10,000 um, kilometers, arrived to us to make the oil change, mm. to change the oil. This is a service that we are not the, the top, but uh, this person trusts in us enough to every time that they need to go to the, to the, to the mechanic shop, they arrive to us. Mm-hmm. For example, the oil dealers make that, but in the forced way, because if you not go here, you not you don't exactly. bring your car here every five thousand miles, every ten miles, you're going to lose your warranty. So people are so afraid and mm. put the car there because they know that they are lost the warranty. But when they finish the warranty, they somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 80%, yeah, 80% yeah. of the people go to the aftermarket world exactly. because they don't feel loyalty there. There is a loyalty to your mechanic, I find. I think, you know, I know myself when I have a car, once I find a good mechanic, I trust because like I said, it's, it's hard to find. Yeah. And I feel they do good work and they're a reasonable price. Uh, I'm going to keep coming back there. Yeah, I don't definitely. care. I'm not going to go shop around every time. I know definitely. who to go to, right? So you're probably, you're saying the same thing is once people, you know, like you and they feel you're the right person to go to, they're going to keep coming to you. They don't, they don't want to take that risk, right? Definitely because they, they, mm-hmm. they see a solution with us. So because we have uh, analyzed and say, just selling the auto parts, we are more, we, we are one retailer more in the market, but I, we don't create this relationship because right now we are creating this mechanic shop as a, for me, as a product to um, validate that the methodology that we are going to use is effective. Right. So we are going to go to other people who have already built infrastructure and say, if you follow our methodology, you are going to win this specific amount of money. But you need to follow this, 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 this. this it sounds this. like a franchise system. Like a franchise system, nice. something like, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the, the reason is no one is working in the relationship and the trust. The process is not involved in the trust. Mm. So yesterday, um, I was talking with a customer because when you are an entrepreneur uh, and you are because I'm, I'm leading right now this initiative, um, I'm, I'm participating and having a one-to-one relationship with the customer. Oh. And when I was um, talking with the customers about make uh, four um, replacement of the shock absorbers, I feel, I see the person who was like a super in the in defensive way. Mm. So we say, okay, you need to pay... Th- Seven uh, seven thousand Mexican pesos. You see, you uh, you say sixty five hundred. Yes, but uh, we charge five hundred pesos for changing the for. Ah, okay, I remember that. So mm. the the conclusion is, right now this person is in the defensive way because mm. they 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 know when you are going to a traditional uh, mechanic shop, the mechanic is going to charge you blah 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 blah, and most of them charge you after making the changes. So right. Yes, yeah, please. Yes, <laughs> you as a customer, if you want to purchase something, whatever, mm. you want to know how much it's going to cost you. Exactly. But at the mechanics, they didn't work on that because they don't, they don't care about the relationship with the mm. customers. But just we, about the short term money. Yeah, yeah, short term money because mm. they are they are going to receive the money and say, okay, if you don't come back, no, no problem. I will not receive another customers because <laughs> most of the mechanics mm. have work. Mm. Yeah, it keeps busy. You, you you go to different uh, mechanic shops, you're going to see a lot of them mm. with cars on it, 
because they don't have a trust and reliability. So they are going, the customer, the car owners are going to this, 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 this. Mm. So we need to work on creating this relationship with the customer. Makes sense. Yeah. So you mentioned before, you know, we started this podcast, you know, with, with the 2020 being a difficult year, it was actually fortunate for your guys' business. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, so you guys are growing. What are, what are some challenges you guys are facing to to continue to grow Mi Reflexion? Yeah, I think the, 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 the main challenge is find the right category to invest time on it. Because right now, for example, mm. we have millions of auto parts. Mm -hmm. But we need to work on which auto parts we need to communicate or, or make marketing to the customers. So for us, is we are continuing offering the auto parts. But for me, it's growing. Focused. Focus in providing the real value, which is the relationship with the car owner. So Mirafaction is going to be the solution for your problems with your car. Mm. Because we are evolving from creating a search engine technology to be the number one solution for your car. Mm. Because in, there is no company winning in that specific area. Mm. In the retailer part, I could mention a lot of retailers, major ones, American ones. They, they are often in auto parts and you can see it in the streets, a lot of them. But uh, they are offering you the part, and they are offering you, you know, the 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 capability of grabbing the, the 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 thing that you need for your car, paying and go there. So they are offering, the, you know, the the instantaneous solution, mm. and they are offering the wipers. They are offering you the the the, the coolant. They are offering you the the small things, the, the car cells. refresher. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And you go there because you are affiliated with the company and say, okay, I want to, I want to buy you the brake pump, the water pump, the, the shock absorbers. But uh, we need to be okay. If you are in the first company in the mine, when your car broke, mm. we are winning the battle. But yes. uh, right now there is no company mm. that help you with that. So, so you want to be the, the brand that people think the of. Brand the brand that person. people think that have been, the people recommend, they say, mm. If you go with these guys, mm. you're not going to be ripped off. Because mm. when I go to a new mechanic, I feel, you know, the, the, the insecurity to be ripped off. Right. So you're basically looking to disrupt the, the mechanic industry in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, where, where do you see the e-commerce space headed in Latin America, right? So um, you mentioned, you know, you worked in this industry, so you saw the problem, which yeah. is nice. I like that, you know, that's where generally entrepreneurs are working. They're in the space, they see the problem, and then they, they go and tackle the solution. Yeah. Um, if you were to start something else today, where would you focus on in, in, in Mexico specifically? In Mexico? Yeah. Uh, if I start from scratch? Yeah. Where, where's the problem you see that needs to be fixed that yeah. you just don't have the time to do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I love the auto industry. Okay. I love the auto industry. I think uh, the OVD solution, um, let me provide a, a small explanation. Mm -hmm. All the cars from 2002 until today has a um, connector. Okay. All, the, all the manufacturers make a smart decision or all follow the same protocol, which is has an OVD2 connector. Correct. Right? The OVD connector is like a, the brain for the car and the mechanics used for fix the car. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of solutions in the market that make you uh, know what products are 
um, fail in your car and you go to the mechanic as a car owner mm -hmm. because we sell in this OBD to a scanner. But for me, I see a huge opportunity to create a, a online world around this specific OBD2. Mm. So when you are driving the car, this specific, uh, um, you know, this positive measure and say, okay, there's a problem here. So could be connected with a specific mechanic and say, okay, we are, you are detecting that you're having this specific issue. So you can come by and, or, um, you know, Scan to it. the nervous uh, mechanic shop, you, you can, and, but uh, you are obtaining the solution real time, mm. real time. So the thing that I see is no one is working in that specific area. The people who is working in that specific area, you are, they are just focused on detecting the issues and mm. translating from the car language to the human language. Um, the other people who is working the customization, you want you know to to make your car doing this in the in mm -hmm. the dashboard, um, making the car to go outside or changing the horn, the horn and sound, but they are not working in the real issue because when you have a car, you don't want to be stopped. Exactly. You, you have to you you want to keep up, continue, uh, and the reason is people going. When the car is almost broken, when it fix the car, is because there's no one communicating there in the right moment and that you need to fix right now. Because exactly. if you continue, you are going to spend the twice or the th three times the month the amount of money you are spending because you are not following our recommendations. Right. But no one is working on that. Mm. So be more kind of preventative and, and proactive, right? Um, yeah. We as a human. Yeah, yeah we wait till the problems well, well, are real. We wait until the end, right? <laughs> That's true. But if the company gives you the right and the precise recommendation, we you are almost in the broken part of your car. Nice. And this this company is providing the right information in the right moment, and you trust in this company. That's the thing that I I, I will work on that. Mm. Yeah, I like it. For me, one dream, personal dream, is working in the electro and build an electronic car, mm. electric car, electric cars. Yeah, it's a huge problem. It's a huge. So for me, I need to build a reputation as entrepreneur mm. because when you are working on that, you are managing me thousands of millions of dollars or billion dollars to work on exactly yeah, yeah that's, that's, so that's you got to win the reputation sure for managing this massive amount of, of company right i don't know if as a manufacturing cars or build just the technology around the engine mm. a lot of yeah that's that's a big yeah. challenge to look at definitely uh so you mentioned uh you, know, you made a lot of rookie mistakes and yeah. you learned from them you know sharing with their with their audience you know what would you tell Let's say your your twenty five year old self. What's yeah. a learning you can apply and say that'll that'll save you a lot of effort, you know, struggles back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a challenging question. Um, my best advice to 20, 25 years old Nestor is going to be working on the on the areas that have risk, but I control risk. Um, I wanna emphasize. I want to explain my idea. Right now, when we are commercial and auto parts, we we wait two years to build an e-commerce solution because we were mm, 
we were facing uh, a risk of losing money making e-commerce part when we were searching, we were creating search engine technology because the cost of returns, the cost of fraud. So we wait a lot of time to to build the e-commerce that we have right now and the, the reason we are growing because we didn't take that risk. So right now my um, knowledge about this specific thing that I, I struggled with when we were uh, this specific time ago is to create this mechanic solution and I'm taking calculated risk right now, but I, I'm not stopping in the way that I was stopping in that specific time. Mm. So sometimes you need to take risk. Uh, when the people who is talking to you saying the customers, I need this specific solution. And sometimes you want to be part of the area or part of the solution that is not risky because if you if you as a company just build a search engine, you, know, you, you, are, you, are, you are not making any risk because if you build your search engine technology, someone buys for you and this specific company is selling the other parts, but you are making the things wrong, they are losing money in their returns and they are losing money in, in a lot of things, but you are not losing money because you say, I have this product, I have this solution. If you don't feel trust, you can go uh, find another supplier, but uh, mm. you are not raised, you are not losing money from, but uh, right now we know that we are losing, we could lose money if we are not making a good repairment, if we have a warranty service, if one of the cars have a, uh, a damage, an accident, right. making it in the shop. So mm. we are going to take that risk, calculate a risk. Nice. And and, uh, and the second thing that I will suggest is um, have a, don't delegate things that are the, to the people who is, they are not uh, 100% capable of doing it at a specific time. So right now we are facing some issues from two years, three years ago that we delegate the activities from the, to the person who were not capable enough to do that. And mm. we have this consequence right now. Three yeah. years later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah three years so take later. better calculated risk and, you know, yeah. be careful who you delegate, make sure they're, they're actually competent. In what yeah, they definitely, do, right? definitely. So the, mm. a lot of competent people is, uh, it's it's costly, but uh, so there's mm. some internal people who is working mm. to build that knowledge, and you can uh, delegate some activities. But uh, the most important ones and the most relevant ones, ones to make the successful of the company, nice. you have to be working by yourself and your team. Right. So you said, you know, success of the company. Speaking of success, you know, you've, you've come to a good place now. Your your company is thriving. Um, what does success mean to you personally, or, or financially, or business? Yeah, um, you know, the, I think this specific question is a lot of for a lot of entrepreneurs to make, you know, these inspirational quotes. Uh, <laughs> but for me, I always work to be the best in my field. Mm. So my, for me, be a successful one is to communicate to the society that you could create a successful story, making a lot of effort make a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice. And because this story, they didn't exist in Mexico. If you want to succeed in Mexico for a lot of people, you have to rob, to steal, to be a politician, a lot of beliefs. <laughs> Therefore, for me, I follow the, the idea from the American dream. Mm. Follow the, the idea that you, you could 
dedicate a lot of work, dedicate a lot of you, sacrifice yourself working for from day to night for achieving your 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 dream and the economical consequence is going to arrive. Mm-hmm. But for me, I see as opportunity to communicate the the society that you can make a change because when I talk with another entrepreneurs that I learned to call myself because I didn't money to feel, I'm not feel embarrassed. A lot of entrepreneurs feel embarrassed that they don't have money, so they don't want to talk about it. So for me, it's okay. Don't feel embarrassed. You don't have money, but you can work to have more money and to pay more salaries and to be more profitable. Uh, so you are you need to keep working on that. Mm. So the solution and the dream is not going to come to you in the perfect moment and the perfect time, in the perfect uh, situation. It's going to come to you if you work enough, mm. if you are open enough, if you change the way you are doing the things, because there's not going to work in the way you are doing things, because that's one of the mistakes that I made in the past, that I thought that I, the way I was doing, and I, I didn't need to change the way I'm thinking, the way I'm working, I want to be successful. The the the, the, the conclusion is not. Mm. It's because we're we're impatient, right? We want the results now. Yeah, we want to take the shortcut. Yeah, we want, yeah. yeah. live in a society <laughs> when we want uh, instant gratification for <laughs> everything. There's a lot of videos about it, but the thing is, if you are making mistakes, you learn from them. But uh, the most important thing is, you reconnect recognize that you are making the mistakes. A lot of successful people, there are a lot of great people, plantation people with a lot of talent, they are living in the same way of working for years because they didn't work on that. Mm. Uh, so Nestor, uh, just kind of to wrap this up, thank you for joining today on SAS District. Where can our audience get in touch with you? Where can they learn more about what you're working on or if they want to come say hi and learn from you? Uh... By email, I think. By email is the best? Yeah, okay. yeah I think the email is the best. It's nestor at rigs.com.mx. .mx? Yeah, yeah. I know I actually have a Twitter account, but I'm not active there. And actually, I have a Facebook account, uh, Instagram account, but I'm not active there. Okay, yeah, so yeah. email is best. More, more email. Okay. <laughs> okay, awesome. We'll add that yeah. email to our show notes. And just a quick kind of, uh, you know, to wrap this up, uh, we're going to do a bonus kind of questionnaire, if that's yeah. cool. You know, guys on the team want to ask a couple of questions, if you can just oh, perfect. ask. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah cool. So who wants to go first? So, Nestor, uh, hi. With the experience that you have uh, with starting your company and stuff, what would you do different uh, with the year that you have at the beginning? What would you do different on approaching your first sale? Yeah, I, I think uh, we'll be find the right customer who is going, who is willing to to make the purchase because we make a lot of effort try to convince the customers, but uh, the reason why they were just users. So um, if we we would have the experience, we were just spending two weeks to identify that they are not going to 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 pay for you because they say, okay, I want to pay you, I want to pay you, but then they, they, they didn't uh, put mm-hmm. the money on the table. So that's the, 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 the main recommendation that I will mention to everyone, that if someone wants to pay you, it's going to put the money on the table. Yes, it. They, yeah. they want to buy right now. Yeah, definitely. And for example, in the SaaS, uh, you can make a uh, trial, but if you extend that trial 
two, three, three, four, five times, you are selling to, you know, to big companies because they are huge uh, contracts, but they, they are not willing to pay, you know, for, for uh, you know, an MVP or something. They are not going to, to willing to, to pay for any, <laughs> for exactly. any product there. That's true. Makes yeah. sense. So, Dai, you got anything? No? You all good? Anything else? Uh, so for a new entrepreneur here in Mexico, yeah. Latin America, maybe in general, uh, what will be one advice that you will give to, to new entrepreneurs on the e-commerce okay. space? Perfect. Uh, I think the, the um, technical part, we will, we will say that, uh, for example, making the purchases, the purchasing the you know, the, the shipping labels, all the things that are related, creating an a, a, a e-commerce store is easy. You can find it in, in any part of Mexico, any part of the world as, as a software. But the things that uh, people, they didn't mention is about the, the way you are making uh, decisions. So a lot of entrepreneurs that I, I know, most of the new ones or the experiences one that they are not growing is because they are making own decisions all the time. For example, how to make an office and they decide where is the location, all the furnitures, all the things that are, it's important, they are taking by themselves. They are not asking anyone about the, the decision. And the conclusion to that, if you are not making this type of decision with your team or with the with the with the administrative, so with the people who is um, uh, the decision-making team, you're not going to make it any time of, of your entrepreneurial journey. So my recommendation is going to be you have a co-founder is perfect. You have two co-founders perfect, more than two co-founders. I think it's a lot of people there. Some, people's, uh, some people have uh, success stories, but uh, most of the time they, they are not. So two or three co-founders is great because you build the way you are making decisions with someone because in the beginning it's complicated because they, there's two or three egos sharing ideas. You want to have the right idea, you have to right decision, but at the end you have to you understand that the person who is uh, with you in the journey is making the same risk with you. So you understand that with your experience. So for me, it's find a co-founder. Uh, you are going to find... Um, bad or good or co-founder, I don't know. But uh, this person is going to provide the same energy or the same passion as you. Maybe you put more because you're part of the, you love the industry, you love the idea. But uh, for example, you are making full-time and someone is making half-time. Most of the time they don't succeed or or this person is, uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest uh, 50 hours a month. So, That's the thing that you need to to work on that. Mm -hmm. uh, work in decision-making with your team. Nice. Uh, sometimes you didn't like the idea, but you have to to accept that because it was part of the decision uh, and not be the person who is, I'm making the, the payment here, so it's going to be all the time at decisions. Or that idea was good, but it was not my idea, so we are not <laughs> going to take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have, uh, we, I can see that yeah. <laughs> in life. A lot of ego, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 a lot of ego. Yeah. So the, we, we as a Mexican, uh, definitely we have a lot of ego 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you have to be tough, you have to be yeah, reliable, <laughs> persistent, you have to be, you know, for for a man, you have to be the match, you know, so, uh, but the reason is, it's not going to take you, a lot of, there's a, some uh, successful stories that people who is having this idea, mm-hmm. creating these massive, um, you know, massive companies, but not working all the time. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again, Mr. Thank I really so appreciate much. you taking the time today. Uh, it's a pleasure. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you all for listening in to this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at horizoncapital.com. And myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Horizon Capital and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and hope to see you on the next one.